Hello, boys and girls, and welcome to the Motorcycle Men Podcast. This is episode 368, and joining me here today in the V-Twin Cafe is the Traveling Larry, and he is here to tell us all about the trailer he built and towed it around the country with his Harley, and of course, some of his adventures. But first, before we get into that... The Motorcycle Man Podcast is brought to you by Scorpion Helmets. Now they're offering high-quality, innovative motorcycle helmets and technical apparel at an incredible value. So to learn more, get on over to scorpionusa.com. And, of course, wild-ass seats. You can improve your comfort and ability to stay in the saddle longer with a cushion from wild-ass seats. So if you're tired of those painful pressure points and fatigue, get on over to wild-ass.com. And get your cushion today. Make sure you tell the real Craig Johnson that the Motorcycle Man Podcast sent you on over. And of course, as always, Tobacco Motorwear. For the best in casual riding gear for men and women, there's only one place you should be going, and that is Tobacco Motorwear. Visit them at TobaccoMotorwear.com, and our listeners will get 10% off your order when you use the code MOTOMEN. Everyone here at the podcast is wearing the Tobacco California riding shirt and riding jeans. I can't tell you possibly how wonderful these products are i wear them for every ride and i won't ride without them hey if you get on over to the ride with ted youtube channel guess what i just did a review on the california riding shirt hey you won't be disappointed so get on over to tobacco motorwear and get in dave's pants your safety is worth it time now for that interview with the traveling larry Hello, boys and girls, and welcome to Motorcycle Men Podcast. This is episode 368. 368. And joining me today, all the way from where, where are you located? Uh, Tewksbury, Massachusetts. Tewksbury, Massachusetts. Why do I think I've been there? I don't know. Anyway, what we have here is we have the traveling Larry. Larry, welcome to the podcast. Hey, glad to be here. I'm glad you're, you know, it's funny because you got that Massachusetts thing going on there and I heard it right away. So that's okay. <laughs> you're alive. So uh, why don't you tell everybody who you are, what you do, and your motorcycle self? Uh, yeah, my name is Larry. Some people call me the Traveling Larry by my social media name. Um, I do for a living mostly is emergency semi-truck repair on over the road on trucks that break down in my area. Uh, I also am an avid motorcycle collector. I got 38 bikes in my Shut collection. up. You do not. I do. Ask me how many run. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How many run? <laughs> Probably like 10. Probably wow. like 10. Uh, you know, I have a dream to own like a motorcycle bar slash restaurant someday and have okay. them all on display. Uh, most of them are like uh, antique, vintage Japanese and oddball stuff. I like stuff that's different, you know, them traditional Harleys. I like Harleys too, but yeah. I like everything. Oh, wow. How about that? So um, I, I asked you here on the podcast because I got I got contacted and asked if you'd like to be on the show. And I happened to look at your photograph of your of, on, on your profile on the podcast guest thing. And all I saw was your motorcycle and a teardrop trailer behind it. And I said, I got to talk to this guy. And here you are. So, but the thing is, about you, you, you built your own trailer to tow with the bike. So tell us about that. Yeah. So, uh, 
the idea about building the trail. So I always had the, this dream of traveling on my motorcycle since I've been 16. Okay. I was just like, one day I just want to go, not have a plan and just go. So I knew I had that part figured out. But the, the part I didn't have figured out is uh, where was I going to sleep, right? Nah, it could be a problem. So right? I, yeah. So I, I wanted the freedom of traveling without restriction, but I didn't. You know, I didn't want to worry about where I had to sleep every night. So a friend of mine came up with this idea. Hey, you should build one of these miniature teardrop trailers and tow it behind your motorcycle. And I started looking into them and I was like, wow, those are pretty cool looking. And they like, I like, you know, it looks cool with the shape of the bike and stuff. So was, uh, was there yeah, alcohol involved I, when this conversation was happening? Uh, probably not. I mean, me and this particular friend, we talk every day. We're both like have crazy ideas. So we're always right, bouncing okay. them off each other. But, um, yeah, I liked it because I like the idea that now I have a place to sleep wherever I have the motorcycle. Wow. Well, what, so, well, so, what was well, what made you decide to build one versus buying one? Uh, <laughs> well, I think probably they were, they were a little what I considered too much money. Sure. Maybe like oh, a, yeah. a, a one that was like similar. I, for once, I, I didn't see any teardrops that were made for motorcycles. They were too big. Everything was too big for a motorcycle. So okay. that was one of the factors. And the other factor is I'm just, I'm, I'm a craftsman myself. Like I love working on bikes and I was like, I, I could build this trail. It's not a big deal. It, it's not that big. It's, it's no bigger than uh, it's smaller than a sheet of plywood, smaller than four by eight. Really? So, um, yeah. Yeah. So I basically, when I went to go build the trailer, I literally laid down on a piece of plywood and had someone mock my feet in my head and i was like all right this is just how big it has to be inside it's just so i can lay down and sleep <laughs> and then i i built uh from there i just started building it i was gonna buy like a generic harbor freight trailer yeah um but i started talking to a, a trailer guy because i knew i was going to be gone for a while possibly and he's like don't buy those if you blow a wheel bearing you can't so this guy who sells trailer parts convinced me to build my own axles and everything so i really? built the whole frame of the trailer myself too yeah yeah i built the whole thing from metal up no kidding really so yeah wow so you so you fabricated the frame and everything yeah this this there's quite a bit of fabrication and trial and error that went into it before i actually hit the road I don't know how much you want to get into it, but I could tell you all yeah, about sure. it. Yeah, sure. I'm yeah. I'm sure my listeners would love to know how you build your own trail. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the funny. So the first thing I noticed is like on any trailer, one of the most important things is tongue weight. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. after after I was done building the trailer, I actually think I moved where the axle position was like two or three times. I had to move it after I built it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I figured that out to be okay. Now I'm starting to get on the highway and I only could get up to like 50 miles an hour. And then the front end of the bike would have a crazy shake to it, like back and forth. Oh, really? So I started doing more research and some people said, try putting some weight on the front of the bike. So I started adding bars of steel to the front of the frame and over the fork brakes on the front wheel. And all of a sudden I add like a couple pounds and then I'd get another five miles an hour, another five miles an hour. Eventually, I had enough weight that I got up to 75 miles an hour. I could let go of the handlebars and go straight. And I was like, all right, this is good because the, the front end was too light and the trailer would shake the front end if you hit a bad bump. Oh, wow. So even even if you put more weight on the back of the trailer, it didn't make or maybe move the axle further back, it wouldn't make a difference? 
it didn't make a difference because the front end was just too light. Now, later on in retrospect, I've had that trailer behind like, I think two other bikes and I had it behind an Ultra Classic. It was perfect. So I came to the conclusion that the, the heavier the bike, the better. Did it was was better. That Ultra, <laughs> I turned that Ultra Classic up to 100 miles an hour with the trail behind it just to see if I could do it. And let go of the handlebars and laugh oh, and then grab them. Oh, man, no, you really? You're letting go of the handlebars yeah. at 100 miles an hour? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no screws loose there. No. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's uh, well, that's how you know if you build something right. I, you, know, you I go down guess. the highway, you let go of the handlebars, and if the bike goes straight, you're good to go. Yeah. So, all right. So you you got the frame f- uh, fabricated, the tongue, and you got the you got the axle. Where'd you, uh, the axle? How'd you build the axle? Did you just you rip that off of something else? No, I again I bought all this stuff from a trailer shop, a okay. local welding trailer shop, and they were axle ends because this thing, you know, the whole thing might weigh like three hundred pounds. Right. So I just weld to a square stock and then put them on under on top of leaf springs to keep the trailer really low. Um, actually, something I wanted to add before we start going into things: if anybody wants to see anything I'm talking about, you can go to my Instagram. The travel and Larry and I have pictures that coincide with a lot of stuff I'm talking about. Okay, so just cool. just to help out. Yeah, but anyways, um, I'm sorry. Well, so yeah, the axles, <laughs> yeah. right? So the axles, yeah, I just welded them to square stock and then you bolted them to the leaf springs and uh, yeah, I just built my. It, it like I said, the stuff. This was probably the lightest duty trailer you've ever seen. You know what I mean? Wow. Um, now what about yeah. and as far as it goes for the rest of it? Well, I, I, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm now was that all just was that like what kind of framing did you do and what what, what kind of materials did you use uh, for the trailer or the trailer hitch for the trailer itself the body the trailer so my idea was you got to keep this thing light right yeah because like weight is your enemy because the bike probably weighs like six fifty seven hundred right all loaded up so I didn't want to pull more than half the weight of that. So I, I had really small square stock tube, probably like inch, inch and a quarter tube square stock thin wall and built the frame out of that and then put like a whole wooden structure on top of it made out of, uh, I think, only like three eighths plywood. And then the roof, I, sh- I shielded with um, some kind of roofing uh, metal, like sheet metal. Right. And then I curled the sides over and then I coped it. So it was all watertight. Wow. Wow. Oh, my God. And then... Um, yeah, and then inside the trailer, I actually built like a little cabinet to hold clothes above. Yeah. And then on the back of the trailer, I built a hatch that stored all tools oh. on the outside. I was going to get into that. You know, because like, I've seen a lot of teardrop trailers, the kind, the smaller ones that you tow with your car or your truck. And inside, it's, they're all, I'm sure you've seen them. They're like, they're comfortable. And like, it's, it's enough room for you to sleep. And there's usually like a little cabinet over where your legs would go. And some people put a little 12 inch or, you know, 15 inch flat panel TV in there. And there's storage and whatever and lighting and et cetera and all that. And the back, the clamshell part pops open and there's a kitchen there. Now, did you right. go that far? Yeah, this one. No, this thing is small. Like, honestly, it's, it's, I think it's like only, I think at the dimensions, I think it's seven feet probably by like, 40 inches wide or 38 wow, inches wide. Wow, that's, oh, wow. It's, it's, like I said, I literally wanted to keep it small for weight. Yeah. And in retrospect, if I could do it again, I would have made it a little narrower to save even more, a little bit of <laughs> Narrower? And, and, oh, man, it's like sleeping in a coffin. Well, then. it's, 
it's I don't I'm not claustrophobic. Yeah, Doesn't I get bother it. No, me. me neither. But uh, <laughs> Ian, I would have built everything out of aluminum in retrospect. Really? But, oh, I'm telling you, the weight is your enemy. That's yeah, the yeah, biggest yeah. challenge. So, but the more light you can make it, the better. But isn't like sheets of aluminum? I I have worked with that stuff before. Isn't that stuff expensive though? Yeah, but. I think you'd make it up in gas mileage. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, probably. I, I guess I, I worked with um, I worked with an ambulance company many many years ago, and we built ambulances. And it, it was an unfortunate situation for me, but um, the entire framework of the ambulance body is made with um, one or two inch stock. Sometimes like one by three stock, you know. So it's really odd. And then it's sheet metal panels just riveted to the side of the thing. So you would do something like that then? Um, yeah, or maybe even at the minimum, just build the frame underneath the wood out of aluminum just to save weight there. Yeah. Wow, man. Uh, wow. Yeah, I don't know. Do, do, you, <laughs> do you regret not putting in a small little kitchenette with a refrigerator in there? <laughs> no, because, you know, I, I knew I was just going to eat out wherever. And, yeah. You know, it was more just happy to have a place to sleep every night that I didn't have to worry about. Did you have any kind of uh, supports to put underneath the trailer so it didn't like tip or leveling or anything like that? Yeah, I did. I actually made some, oh, but good. and I I I never used le some legs that fall down. I never used them because I just never disconnected the trailer. Oh, the really? Bike. So you just left it left it connected to the bike? Yeah, that's it. Was it comfortable to sleep in? Yeah, I loved. I was fine. I had a um, a foam like mattress pad underneath my sleeping. Uh, blankets and stuff, and yeah, it was fine. I, I, so, mean, I can sleep what, anywhere, what, what, but I, yeah, well, I, 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 I totally get that part of it. But how, was it a thick mattress that you had, or just a sleeping camping pad? Uh, it was something from Walmart that was kind of <laughs> thick. I think I, I think <laughs> I, I, I think I, yeah, I think I doubled it up, and uh, I actually had to get rid of, like, right into the first day of riding, I got rid of some of it because I felt like the trailer was still too heavy, so I just tossed them away. Wow, man. So, oh, man. Yeah. Here's the the biggest question I have for you is, I know if you're going to register a vehicle or a trailer, you need a VIN. So what did you do? Oh, that's not true. Oh, really? <laughs> I mean, it is, <laughs> it is I mean, true. It's, right? it's, well, every, I, where are you from again? What I'm in North Carolina. Carolina. I'm in North Carolina. I used to be in oh, New North Jersey. North Carolina. Right now, so. so you can register any trailer in the United States and Maine without being a resident there. Oh, okay. And you can you can register a homemade trailer in Maine. So you can just take a tra a Maine trailer plate. You can register any trailer you want in Maine. They have an application for homemade trailer plates. Oh, really? So that's all I did. I just had a... Yeah. So that's it. Wow. Let's see. So now, folks, boys and girls, if you want to build your own trailer, you go to Maine. Yeah. <laughs> and you build it there. So you outfitted the whole so thing with, with lighting and all that, too? You, uh... No, not really. I had a fan. I had a fan inside that oh, ran really? on 12 volts in a, um, like a crank um, vent, you know, out of an RV. I, right. I molded that into it. So, uh, no, I mean, because, it, so, like, when I got in this trailer, it was to go to sleep. And that was it. It had no other purpose, <laughs> you know, besides carrying some of my stuff. Yeah. But I wasn't like spending a I would only sleep in the trailer. Oh, okay. That's it. So, so did I didn't you care about like Well, did you carry your luggage? I'm sure you had luggage of some sort. Did you carry that on the bike or in the trailer? Uh, a combination of both. So like one saddlebag, I usually would have 
like what I needed just going in and out of yeah so I would just carry like I said just the stuff I didn't need during the day in the trailer and then uh stuff that I just used during the day in the saddlebags oh, okay like, so yeah so now did you have a, yeah. well, exterior lighting I assume you had exterior lighting on and signals and brake yeah, and all that actually it's kind of funny on the I, I'm in like a antique motorcycles so the two rear taillights of the trailer are off two identical CB350 taillights. <laughs> so I incorporated, yeah so, yeah, so I incorporated some like little motorcycle nostalgia into the trailer. Oh, that's awesome, man. Now, do you, you know, do you have yeah. pictures of any of this? Uh, you got to post all these pictures oh. inside and outside and everything. We got to see all this stuff. Yeah, it's all, like I said, if you just go to my Instagram, all the right. Traveling Larry, that, okay. the, only re- the whole reason I made Instagram in this start was to document this trip. Oh, okay. So. All right. Now, did you have plans for the trip where you were going or did you just make it up as you were going along uh no i didn't really have a plan I, just, uh, <laughs> I mean if you backtrack a little well i was at an interesting point in my life yeah. uh i recently moved ho- home from florida broke up with some girl okay uh there was a ex-girlfriend of mine before that that ended up getting with a best friend of mine so there was some turmoil there. Mm-hmm. Um, the bit I had a vintage motorcycle parts business I was running in line at the time, and I could see the decline coming, and I wanted to change uh, careers, start a new business. And then I saved some money up over the years from that business, and I was like, you know what? I think it's time to hit the road and just just live for a little while, and then then when I get back, I'll uh, I'll figure out what I want to do for like a wow, profession, see? like wow, a new look profession. At that. That's yeah. That's, uh, so that's actually you know, and I felt impressive. Yeah, so it, like I would, I needed the road to like clear my mind. I feel like I kind of sounds cheesy, but you know, no, I'm it, sure that's some true. people can relate. Yeah, I totally get that. So, wow. So, so where did you go? I mean, so where where did you? How many miles did you do? And <laughs> oh. um, so the total the total trip I did fifteen thousand miles. Wow, really? Holy crap! Yeah, probably probably five thousand of them weren't with the trailer because I I took a I took a. I spent a winter in Arizona that I wasn't even planning on doing, but um, like yeah, like I said, if we could, if you want to start from like the beginning of the trip, I guess or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I decided to leave early October. I finally got the bike, what I felt like situating enough in the trailer, situated enough to hit the road and and go for it. And um, my idea with this trip was to see things, not to get places. Oh, I see. I get you. So totally get you. So I wanted to stay off all the highways as much as I can because I didn't have a timeline. I didn't. I didn't know when I was really going to come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and I remember waking up. So my first stop, I had a girl I was dating at the time was down in Connecticut, and my you know like I was a stop in Connecticut for one more night, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> so I remember she went off to work, and I woke up that morning and laying in bed by myself, and I go. Wow, this is a this is an interesting feeling. I, I don't have to be anywhere, like I don't have to be anywhere for a long time. Like it was a cool feeling. Yeah, I remember that feeling, and uh, so from there I just started traveling south, and I made it to New Jersey the first day. Again, not that far, but I was going back roads. So where in New Jersey yeah, did you go? I, I don't remember exactly. Oh. It wasn't. I don't think it was too city, but. Um, I remember the first night I slept in a hotel parking lot and I'm trying to sleep and I was like, 
oh my god i forgot to put shades on my windows i had windows in the trailer (laughs) so there's headlights just coming into the trail all the time so i luckily had a drill in the trailer i took some of the screws out of the windows i took an old pair of jeans i cut them up and i made shades for the night (laughs) out of jeans i have an old pair of jeans and i was like oh this works oh that's funny yeah so finally got some sleep that night and then uh from there i headed down and i got to york pennsylvania and i wanted to check out the harley davidson factory nice yep so that was a pretty interesting night uh from my second night on the road so i was uh i went i was looking for a bar to go get a a drink at and i i ran into these guys that looked like a motorcycle club and I was like, ah, I might want to keep the distance. But they were very friendly, and they checked out the trail. They were all into it. And they're like, come, come to this bar with us. I'm like, all right, whatever. And um, go to this bar with them. Still kind of keeping the distance because I'm by myself. Right. And, uh, so I finally went up to one of the guys. I'm like, yo, are you guys an MC? What are you? Whatever. And they're like, no, we're just a bunch of veterans that like to ride together. And I was like, oh, that that's pretty cool. So that like the whole mood changed. You know, oh, sure. Like, yeah. Yeah. Felt like it nothing to fear but these guys were cool like the one of the the leader of i guess the main guy in the group or whatever he's like you want to do a shot i'm like sure he's like you got to agree to the shot before you do it though and i'm like yeah whatever it's a shot and he goes he got like four shots of tequila you pour a little tequila in your hand and then he goes all right sniff it up your nose oh no like what (laughs) what i was like what he's like the name of the shot's called an infantry shot. I don't know if you ever heard of this. No. Sniff a little bit up, sniff a little bit up your nose. You hold it there for thirty seconds, and it represents the pain that the infantry went on the front line. And then you take the rest of the shot. I was like, "Wow, that's that's pretty different. It's pretty cool." <laughs> wow. Where, where does it go? When you're yeah. Breaking? I mean, you're like you're inhaling it. You just <laughs> where does oh, it just, go? Yeah, it just. I don't know. It just burns. <laughs> oh, God. And then you just take the rest of the shot. And you're like, all right, that was uh, interesting. So anyways, having a good time with these guys now. He ends up knowing the owner of the bar. So th- he, this guy was having an after party at his house. He's like, come by, man. He's like, even you can even crash on my couch. I know you're going to be sleeping in that trailer for a long time. And I was like, ah, well, I'll sleep in the driveway. I'll be fine with that with the bike and trail or whatever. And he, so we're having a good time, having an after party. He's like, and he finally convinced me. He's like, just sleep on the couch, man. He had a girlfriend too. So like, he seemed like an all right guy. And uh, so I went to sleep on his couch and I remember going to sleep and he goes, hey, you seem like a good guy. Just let you know, there's 10 guns in the other room. And he goes, there's a pit bull right here that's going to be watching you all night. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, all right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So uh, I woke up the next morning, and the pit bull's licking my hand, and then, they, you know, took he let me take a shower or two or whatever, and brings me into the next room, and he had me hold one of the AK or some kind of, you know, heavy artillery gun, yeah. and I took a picture with that, and I thought that was funny, so wow. it was pretty cool. <laughs> the then, people uh, you meet, right? That's what it's all about, man, and uh, then that day... I was heading out, and we rode to Gettysburg on the bike. That was pretty cool. Very somber experience, and uh, also very cool to have, like, a couple of veterans escorting you out there, you know? Right. Wow, that's cool. So, I mean, mean, how many miles? You did 15K. What was was the furthest point? Did you make it out to California? Oh, yeah. I I went, like, 
I did a big circle around the whole country and oh, ended really? back up. Yeah. So, yeah, well, like I said, it's a, it's a pretty crazy, you know, I was gone for like seven months. That's nice, man. Yeah, but you went through the winter. That must not have been fun at all. Well, I'll get, I, I, we can get to that part. Yeah, if uh, gets, eventually. let's hear it. So, Where'd you go from the so anyways, PA? Uh, ro- rolled out of PA, rolled into like West Virginia. Absolutely one of the most beautiful states I've ever seen, to be honest. Really? Wow. Um, yeah. It's a it's a hidden gem, and I, I I think I was extra spoiled. I was going through there in like early October, so I seen all like the you know the foliage and stuff. Sure. Um, from there, I went down to Nashville and met up with um, a few buddies of mine in Nashville. I had friends with, stayed a couple days there. Um, nothing too crazy happened in Nashville except for uh, one night we all went out to a bar, and I had the the bike and trail with me any good story sir so we went yeah. out to a bar <laughs> yeah so you know in the moment the decisions you make right yeah so uh we're leaving the bar and this this guy uh, my friend's friend he was like you ever have anybody ride in the back of that while you're going down the road oh, and i was no. like no he's like he's like can i try i'm like sure jump in <laughs> so we took him it wasn't that far. I think it was only like two or three miles from like a gas station to my buddy's house. And I get him out. I was like, I was riding in the back of that. And he's like, not that bad. You know, it's like, really? <laughs> and uh, he's like, how does it, how did it feel dr- driving me? I'm like, terrible. Like, I felt like I was going to crash. Every oh, really? So I was going to ask you that next. I mean, how did that affect? Because now you're talking, at, you know, let's say, let's say 200 pounds in the back. That must have affected yeah, the ride. Bit, yeah, he was a big, big boy. He was like 200 pounds found guy wow. and uh you know it was funny he he, he was kind of he was kind of crazy you know he he liked it i think he was into it <laughs> but oh, yeah that was about the only interesting thing i think happened in nashville so i left from nashville and uh i started heading um more west uh i went i landed in st louis missouri mm-hmm. yeah and uh yeah so my, my, my routine with um the bike and trailer would be roll into a city, check out where all the bars are at, and then check out where all the hotels near the bars are at and kind of scope out the nicest hotel parking lot to sleep in at the end of the night. Right. So St. Louis, I don't know if someone's from St. Louis, bring me back there and show me the good part of town because I couldn't find it. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> and uh, this is this is something. So in St. Louis, it was like nine o'clock at night. And I'm rolling down this, like, kind of side street, kind of not side street, but, like, I don't know. But there was a 100 people barbecuing in the street at 9 o'clock on a Monday night. And I had this theory on the trip. I'm like, if something doesn't feel safe, don't stick around to see if it is safe. So I just kept rolling right past all these people barbecuing in the street. Well, yeah. That, was, I mean, that's like your first clue is barbecuing in the streets. So. On, a, on, a, on a Monday night <laughs> on a Monday at 9 night. o'clock. I was like, so needless to say, I didn't go to one bar in St. Louis, and I, I ended up just crashing in a um, at like a condo complex. It was so bad. I couldn't find any way to sleep. Wow. So, really? Yeah. yeah. I've, I've only been through St. Louis as in, I'm on the highway driving by, and there's St. Louis. That was it. I I never went any further than that. I'm, I'm sure there's good places. I'm not trying to knock St. Louis. I just couldn't find any. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. And this was um back in like the trip took place in 14 and 15, 
and this was like there was some big shootings in St. Louis. I don't I don't know if you remember. Yeah, I do remember that. Back yeah, then. yeah, yeah. I forget. I think I forget the name of it, but some big shootings. But anyways, so from there, I scooted over to Kansas City, Missouri, and nothing too crazy happened there either, except for that was the first Walmart parking lot I tried to sleep in. And you tried. Well, yeah, I did sleep in it, but. <laughs> Um, I'm not, I'm not a fan of all my parking lots to sleep in. I'll be, and I'm going to tell you why. So I'm sleeping and all of a sudden I hear this thing going around me and around me. And I'm like, what the heck is this? I peek out my window. It's a street sweeper. (laughs) And I'm like, Jesus. So whatever, I go back to sleep. And then the morning I wake out, I peek out my window again. And there's some older gentleman in an S10 truck taking a picture of my bike and trailer. And I was like, oh, this is too funny. I'm like ready to get up. So I jumped out of the trailer and scared him. And he was, he couldn't believe that someone was sleeping. And he was so shocked. And we both had a laugh. And then, and I hit the road from there. Wow. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Okay. So where'd you, so, where'd you go from there? So from there, um, St. Louis, I scooted over through Kansas more and then, and landed in Denver. Now, Denver, um, Denver was pretty cool. Another funny story about a Walmart parking lot in Denver. So I got to Denver and I was like, I don't know. I'll just try. I was so tired that night. It was a long day of riding. Like, I'll try one more Walmart parking lot, whatever. And I go to sleep and all of a sudden I wake up and I hear a bunch of people talking around me in Spanish. And I'm like, there was all like, sounded like 10 or 15 people around my trailer talking. And I was like, this is crazy. So I I just laid there still. I'm like, they probably don't even know I'm in here. They went away. Hour later, same thing. More people talking in Spanish around my trailer. Now, someone bumped. The second time they, they I heard those noises again, Spanish speaking, and they bumped into my trailer. And uh, I carried two World War II knives as protection with me. And uh, so I was, I was like, all right, it's either fight or flight. So... I like bust open the trail to have my knife next to me and then I jump out ready to go and then all these Hispanic people are just staring at me and I'm like what is going on here and I look up I parked under a casino bus stop stop. (laughs) all these people were just all these people were just going to work oh man I was like Jesus so after that experience after that experience, I was like, you know what? No more Walmart parking lots, no matter what. <laughs> that is so funny, man. <laughs> so that was pretty funny. But now, now, now yeah. let's talk about this now. So now, so, in the winter months, now it's obviously you know you're in you're in Arizona. It's a it's a little chilly at night. Now you you didn't have heat inside there, right? Uh yeah. So like I said, we'll keep going. I'll get to the winter months. Okay. Uh, a little later and explain uh, what's going on. So uh, from from Denver, I actually made friends with some people at a Harley dealer, and I got I started sleeping in a Harley dealer parking lot. There you go. So that was cool. I got the hook up there, and um, from Denver, I start going. I, I I had a big fear of heights. I don't like heights. Okay. So I was like, I don't want to cross the Rocky Mountain. <laughs> okay. I know the heights are crazy, right? Right. So I was like, and I'm not on a timeline, so I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna go north again all the way up to seattle all the way up to washington and then cut over to the coast and avoid the crazy rockies so this is my theory 
So I went up to, I started heading up to Wyoming. And, uh, man, there's like nothing in Wyoming. <laughs> no, there <laughs> is not. Beautiful, it's but beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, right. There's nothing there. So right. I, I stumbled into a town called Glendo, Wyoming, population 500. And so I went out to eat. And I asked the person where I went to eat. I'm like, oh, is there any bars in town? They're like, oh, there's this one bar. I was like, cool, I'll go check it out. So most of the time I went to bars, I wasn't really going to drink. I'd have a beer, but I was keeping a journal on this whole trip. I was journaling as I was traveling. And um, so I'm at, sitting in this bar, writing in my journal. And then it comes to like closing time. And I was making friends with the bartender. He's like, yeah, you don't have to leave. You can, you can just hang out, whatever. And then this girl walks in, dog. So it's just me, uh, the bartender, and this other girl. And this, all I can remember about this girl is her, she had a puppy, and the dog kept having accidents all over the bar. Oh my God. And I was like, like I don't know. I was like, it was like a weird thing. So we're all having a good time. You know, I think it was like a Tuesday night or something low key, and we're having a good time. And all of a sudden, the bar's closed down. And I go to the bar. And I'm like, hey, wh where could I sleep? He's like, you can sleep behind the bar with your bike and trail. I'm like, oh, that, that sounds great. Oh, so this girl goes to me. She's like, oh, you could crash at my place. And I was like, you know what? That that sounds good. But I'm like, if this girl's letting her dog have accidents all over this bar, I can only imagine what her place might be like, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, respectfully I respectfully declined. I'm like, I'll... I'll go with the evil I know in the trailer, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that was, so uh, I remember waking up that morning in, in that bar parking lot and it was like 17 degrees out. I oh, checked on my phone man. and yeah, it was cold and it was so weird. I could see my breath in the trailer, but I wasn't cold because that trailer was so small that I feel like your body had nowhere to go. And I like pretty much slept in like all my clothes too yeah, that yeah. night because it was yeah. freezing, you know. But uh, that was interesting. But I also had heated gear on the whole trip, so right. that made like riding in colder weather a lot nicer. Oh yeah, so, yeah, sure. Yeah, I left Glendo. I ended up going up to this place in Thermopolis, Wyoming. I don't know if you ever heard of that. No, it's I haven't. Got a bunch of hot springs there. I ended up staying a night with uh, a whole family there. Oddly enough, in uh. I went down to look at these wild buffalo, and this guy from a car up on a hill goes, hey, don't get close to those buffalo. They're threatened by you. <laughs> and I was like, ah, this, this tourist doesn't know what he's talking about. And so I get a little closer. He's like, listen, they stopped eating. They know they're threatened by you. And I looked at the buffalo. I was like, you know, I think this guy might be right. So I went and back up and talked to him, and he was with his whole family, told him what I was doing, whatever. He's like, that sounds super interesting. You should come over for dinner later with my family. And I was like, okay, I guess so. Why not, right? Yeah, right. Meeting that's cool. all these interesting people. So I went to, but I told him before I did that, though, I wanted to go to this uh, resort that had the, the hot springs. And this resort was hilarious. It was like a 70s water park. Oh, no. uh, but filled with hot springs. <laughs> right. It was pretty, they had like a water slide, super outdated. Some, they had like a 12 foot diving board that I don't know how they could have it with insurance and stuff. It was cool. Went there up with the guy at his house again for dinner. I had dinner with his whole family. It was such a, like a 
it's a real thing. And guy was telling me a little bit about himself. His family was from Bosnia and came over to the United States. Oh, wow. He's living in Chicago. Yeah. And he started bringing up a family himself. And there was some bad shootings in the part of Chicago he lived. And he was he was pretty interesting. He just one day grabbed his whole family and moved them out to no, nowhere, Wyoming. And nice. started over life. That's perfect. So, uh, yeah, sat there, shot some, uh, had some conversations with him. And then uh, the end of the night, he goes, you know, just sleep on the couch. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, just sleep on the couch. I got to get up super early in the morning, go to work, and my wife will make you breakfast, and then you can be on your way. And I was like, okay, I guess. So another couch to sleep on. And then uh, he had two animals, a, a cat and a dog. I woke up. I swear, the cat was laying on my chest, and the dog, again, was licking my hand. <laughs> it's like the animals know something. I had breakfast with his wife and kids, and then I hit the road again. Damn. So, so yeah. <laughs> so, where, where to from there? Up to Bozeman, Montana. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I thought it was, I want, yeah. So, I, I think it definitely was a Tuesday night in Bozeman, and I was like, you know what? I want to chill out. I just want to write in my journals. Nothing crazy. I don't want anything crazy. I just want to write in my journals. Sitting at a bar, start writing in my journals. Three guys walk up to me and this girl ask me what I'm doing. Tell them. They're like, that sounds cool. They're like, let's do shots. And I'm like, here we go again. <laughs> so, you know, and I was, so I'm like, I could never turn down like a, you know, a good time, I guess. But anyways, start doing shots, go to different bar hopping. And it turns out these three guys, they're all gay. But this girl that was with them, uh, I was like, oh, she's single. And she goes to me at the end of the night. She's like, hey, you should come over to my house for an after party. And I was like, oh, that, that sounds cool. I was like, yeah, I'll go. So hop in the car with the, these random people, go to this after party, talking with girl. And all of a sudden she goes, oh, my boyfriend. And I was like, what? She's like, yeah, my boyfriend. I'm like, why did you invite me? over here if you have a boyfriend i'm like and so whatever night goes on had more drinks these guys drive me back to my bike and trailer and all of a sudden i wake up in the trail and go oh my god i don't have my journal i left my journal at this girl's house oh god so the next morning i get up pretty hung over and i had to retrace all my steps that day i was all i cared about was that journal because i kept writings all the way on this trip so far and I spent the whole day back tracing my steps and I couldn't, I couldn't find this girl, these guys. Oh, again. No. So, so fast forward six months later when I'm home, I came up with this idea. I was like, I want that journal back. And I put an ad in the paper in Bozeman explaining the situation that happened. And I couldn't believe it. One of the guys that was with that night, called me and was like i know where your journal is rachel still has your journal I was like, oh, no way. Wow. so from the new he was from the newspaper ad so we talked back and forth for about a month or two and then all of a sudden no communication and i just stopped so i never got that journal back oh no like really back oh so, that's yeah, a shame rachel rachel if you're out there with my journal still send it <laughs> oh man what a bummer damn now, so you're here in Bozeman, and it's the gotta, it's the winter time in Bozeman, right? No, 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 not yet. We're still like before Halloween. So I, oh, at okay. this point, I think I've been on the road for like two and a half weeks. Yep. Damn. Okay. 
Damn. So, uh, yeah. So, left. I left Bozeman like in my, you know, broken hearted without my journal, and headed up to Spokane. Nothing crazy really happened in Spokane, Washington. Uh, except for going up to Spokane was cool, riding through Idaho through Quarter Lane. That's like a beautiful part of the country yeah, too. Yeah. Um. So then I cut over to Seattle. I had uh, a couple uh, friends in Seattle. I stayed with for a few nights. Nothing crazy happened in Seattle except for everybody knows just miserable rain. Yeah. Get up in the morning, looks like overcast. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm not going to put my rain suit on yet. Drive a half a mile, soaked. <laughs> So I've been uh, there, done that. Left, I left, Se- <laughs> right? Yeah. I uh, I left Seattle after a couple days and uh, headed down to Portland, uh, Oregon, and nothing crazy happened in Portland except for maybe the cover of my book that I'm writing. So you know that you know that picture you saw on my profile? Yeah, yeah. With the trailer and the bike, right? So there's a funny story, but there's a funny story behind that picture. I was at this bar called Moo Moo's talking to this girl and we started talking and, and I was like oh I'm going to sleep on the street in my trailer and I'm like is it a safe sleep to sleep on uh, a, a safe street to sleep on and she's like oh yeah you'll be fine so we exchange Instagrams at the end of the night or whatever next morning I wake up to a picture of my bike and trailer she took a picture of me sleeping in my bike and trailer oh no kidding no how about that that that's where that picture came from oh wow and um it was also funny yeah so that was like hilarious that somebody took a picture of me sleeping in the trailer and sent it to me <laughs> not about that baby. so yeah so that morning i wake up and i hear a diesel truck idling and i'm like oh time to get up i'm getting towed and another street sweeper <laughs> just like bobbing <laughs> so went from there down to santa rosa and uh, stay with some other group of random people, you know. I always end up staying with people, to be honest, because I was chasing tail. So it would be like a single girl. They would invite me for whatever. Well, you're not going to say like, no oh, to that. Come on. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I was like, you know, lonely biker on the road, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so after Santa Rosa, I, um, I made my way to San Francisco. Okay. And uh, and uh, I start talking to people in San Francisco, and I'm like, oh, wh- where could I sleep? Where's a good spot to sleep? Super crowded city. Everybody's telling me that there's no good places to sleep at night. So I'm like, whatever, I'll, I'll go to a bar. I'll figure this out. So I go to this bar, and I start talking to some girl, nice, friendly girl. You know, I just just friends. Like, I didn't think anything of it. And the end of the night comes around. I'm like, oh, nice to meet you. I'm going to go on my way. Where's a good spot to pull over and sleep? She goes, there's no good places to sleep here. I was like, well, nice to meet you. I'll figure it out. She goes, no, I think you should come home with me. And I was like, oh, okay. So the funny thing about this girl, she was on a bicycle, right? And I, I was like, oh, she's like, how? I was like, oh, you know what we'll do? I took her bicycle. I took a ratchet strap and I strapped it to the top of the trailer. And then I had to hop on the bike with me. And then I drove her home. Put her bike on the top of the trail. And <laughs> okay. Put a picture on the Instagram of it. Yeah. So, uh, end up being with this girl, stay, staying at her place. And, uh, you know, she was very nice to me and let me stay there for like three days. Wow. And, uh, showed me all around the city. 
Yeah, I haven't. Yeah. You know, I, so, I I don't know anything about those. I've never been to San Francisco or any of those West Coast cities. Um, I just know that they're very busy and they're you know very populated. So I would be curious about well, like where like again where you where would you stay? You know, and if everybody tells you no, no place is safe, then you just drive people, out of the city. People, I yeah, I went to a Har. I always like had this thing. If I had time, I'd I'd roll into the local Harley dealer. Because um, it's not that I like Harley dealers, but the people that work there are really cool usually. Because yeah. they're like motorcycle guys, right? Yeah, yeah. So they're usually cool to talk to. They know they're friendly. They'll, you know, whatever. And everybody there kept telling me, "Be careful with your bike." A lot of bikes get stolen in San Francisco. I've heard Harley's. that. I've heard like, oh, that. Really? Man. Yeah. Oh, you did. That. Yeah, I've heard that. Oh. In fact, I've heard that uh, so, uh, multiple places in California, especially your bigger cities, bikes get really? stolen all the freaking time, I, which I don't get. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't either. But I, you know, it's funny you hear you say that because I just I was kind of pulling my chain or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, so I end up, um, yeah. So I end up being there with for a few days with the girl. She sold me the city, and I was like, you know what? It, it's it's time to leave. I got to get going again. You know what I mean? So I le- leave there and I had another friend near Bakersfield, California in Lancaster. Yeah. It's like uh, west of LA. And uh, I hadn't seen him in like five or six years. And I was just going to show up at his house without saying anything oh, and boy. surprise him. So I'm on my way there. And all of a sudden my bike starts chucking, like feels like it's slipping in and out of gear. And I was like, oh, boy. So I get to the top of this hill, and it was starting to get dark. And I, and I would think my trans, something's wrong with my transmission. And then all of a sudden, I look down. My belt, the teeth on my belt were, like, grinded off. Oh, like wearing man. Off because it, yeah. So I was like, oh, Jesus. Well, I was happy that it wasn't my transmission, but still a problem. So I end up uh, rolling down staying at some hotel parking lot, whatever, for the night. I get up the next morning, and I call my buddy. I was like, hey, I was going to surprise you, but I need to know, can I work on my bike at your house? And he's like, yeah, no problem. So hang up the phone with him, and I'm like, okay, I'm still like 200 miles away from where he was. And I was like, how am I going to get my bike there and trailer? So I start like brainstorming. So you know what I did? I I rented a U-Haul truck, and I put the bike in the back, and I put the trailer on the hitch. Oh. And I drove the bike and trailer in a U-Haul truck to his house just so I could fit, like work on it. You know? How did you get the bike in the back of the truck? Oh, that was fun. that was interesting. So the bike was still like, uh, the bike was still like running and driving a little, but like skipping. So I put the I put the U-Haul truck on a on a downslope of a hill, and it had a ramp that pulled out. And then I just went for it and just drove it up into the back of the truck. Oh wow! So that was a little <laughs> nerve wracking. But now, do you think that the done, belt? So. Do you think the belt might have gave, given out because you were towing the trailer, or you think it was just time? Uh, I think. Uh, so I replaced, I think, one or two belts on that bike already. But nobody ever told me this. When you replace a a belt, you also need to replace your sprockets. Right. I didn't think that. Uh, you know, like. Like a chain and sprockets, you always do together, right? Because they wear evenly because they're metal. But sure. I would never think a belt would wear an aluminum sprocket. But what I guess happens is they get a point on them. So 
after this, I was like, no more belts. I'm going over to chain drive, something stronger. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, the bike was an 8089 FXR Harley. Wow. The thing just leaked tons so you of You did that on an yeah. 80. You towed that trailer with an 89? Wow, yeah. man. Holy crap. So so that was the, uh, uh, what, what engine was that then? It was 89. So that was the, oh, that was a, that was an Evo. Evo. It was an Evo Thir- engine, right? Yeah. Yeah, thir- 13, 1340. Yeah. So, uh, Evo's a good engine. So, yeah. I love the sound. I think that's the last good sounding Harley, to be honest. Uh, I don't know, but everybody's got their own opinions. Sure, but anyways, yeah. um, so I get I get parts ordered to my buddy's house. I do the chain drive at his house, get it all settled. Took about a week, and um, I'm ready to leave again. And I heard, I thought I heard a weird noise in the motor, and I was like, yeah, maybe I just haven't heard my motor in a while. Um, something else I want to mention right now too, before I left on this trip, my grandparents were having a 60th wedding anniversary and I was like, no matter where I am in the country, I want to take a break, fly home for their 60th wedding anniversary and then fly back to my bike. So when I was in, uh, um, California, I was like, oh, I'll catch a flight out of Phoenix. I have enough. Yeah. So got that all situated, ready to go. So I roll out of my buddy's place in Lancaster, California, heading for another the friend's house in LA that I knew and then all of a sudden I'm getting into LA and my motor's making a terrible noise and I get to my buddy's house the next day I bring the bike to a couple bike shops for a second opinion and two bike shops go it's piston slap uh, I don't I don't know if you know what piston slap is no I never heard I never heard the term before so piston slap is when like uh, there's too much tolerance and your piston and like the, the the skirt on the piston starts rocking back and forth. Oh. So at a low idle, it like becomes, yeah, becomes very noisy. One guy told me he's like, it might never blow up. It might just you might be able to run it like that forever. And but I was in LA. I was in another spot, a friend's house, and I was like, you know what? I want to fix this while I'm here. So I'm like, where can I? And now L.A. is even worse to work on a bike. He was in an apartment complex I couldn't oh. work on in the parking lot. So, and, you know, this is more of an in-depth job. I got to tear apart the whole top engine, uh, sure. top end of the motor. So I was like, what am I going to do? So I came up with this idea. I'll rent a storage unit. <laughs> and the funny thing about, right, the funny thing about renting a storage unit is the first month is usually free. And I'm like, oh, this is perfect. I'm not going to be here more than a month. So I did that. There's a funny story about the last time I, like my way over to the storage unit with the bike in the trailer. So I'm on my way to the storage unit to get ready to stop breaking this thing down. And all of a sudden I look in my mirror, see a cop behind me, think nothing of it. And then all of a sudden I'm getting pulled over and I'm like, what the heck? Like I wasn't speeding or anything. And um, so I see two female cops get out of this car. And I was like, okay, okay. this is interesting. <laughs> oh, no. And uh, so they, I go to get off the bike and one of the cops yelled at me, stay on your bike. And I was like, okay, I've never heard this before. So she comes over to me. She's like, I'm going to help you get off your motorcycle. And she took my hand and put it behind my back and help me get off the bike. And then all of a sudden proceeded to put me in handcuffs. And I'm like, excuse me, am I getting arrested? 
She's like, no, this is just how we deal with things like this. And I was like, oh, okay. What? And then she asked me, yeah, super strange. This gets weirder. So she has me sitting on a curb now that has glass all over it. It wasn't a good part of town. And she goes, do you know why we pulled you over? I'm like, I have no idea. She goes, your music was too loud. Uh, you were swerving and your motorcycle plate was obstructed. And I was like, what? These are all like the most ridiculous. I'm like, of course the motorcycle plate's obstructed. I have a trailer. My music too loud. I didn't think that was possible on a motorcycle. And then um, I was swerving. Yeah, I'm pulling a trailer. So you know what I mean? So wow. anyways, they're like, <laughs> so so anyways, they're like, we're going to search you. I was like, I, I guess. They're like, anything in your pockets I should know about. So I tap myself down and I, I had two condoms in my pocket. <laughs> and I just looked at them and I go, I got I got two condoms in my pocket. And they, they pat me down. They felt them. And you, she says to me, well, at least you're being safe. so they go back they go back to the car and they say we're going to run all your stuff and you know see what this is about make sure you're good i was like yeah please do i should be all set they come back and go yeah your bike's not registered we can't find your bike registered blah 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 this and that they go your bike hasn't been registered since 1985 this is what they told me and i was like i'm like well that's kind of weird because the bike's on 1989 so i don't even know how that's possible right why don't you do this why don't you, why don't you take yeah i know so i'm like what's going on i'm like why don't you run my vin number and see what happens they ran my vin number still couldn't find my bike i've owned this bike seven years or something and um come back they're like yeah this ain't looking good for you i'm like yeah i guess it's not so they wanted to search my trailer you know, I told them I had the two knives and I had a joint from Washington that I bought legally up there, still in a package. So they search my trailer and they go back to their car again. They're like, we're going to run this all in. They're like, it's not looking good for you. I'm like, yeah, I don't blame you. All of a sudden they come back to me and they're like, we're going to let you go. And I was like, what? They're like, yeah, go. And I didn't question them, but I think they were just full of shit. Like they just, I don't know. It was the weirdest, weirdest encounter, but I was just happy they let me go. And wow! Went right to that That's store. That's weird, unit. man. Wow! And another, another really weird thing about it is when I got back home to my hometown, went to the police station and asked them, "Hey, do you have any record of somebody pulling me over in California? Could you look that up?" They're like, "Yeah, we could," and they had no record of me ever being pulled over. Wow! How about that? See, I, I, I didn't know. I don't know that. I don't know. I don't know that police departments share information across the country or whatever. I don't, I don't even know. Not, if that's possible. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. But, but wow, super weird. So at this point, how many? At this point in LA, how long have you been on the road? Probably second week in November. So like probably a month and a half. Wow, first week it, in November. Really? Second week in November. All that and wow. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> so yeah, I'd like I would I would at, I, well I'd ride every day. I'd average like three hundred miles a day. Oh, that's but good. every single day. Wow. Yeah. And so the trailer was no problem at all. It. The trailer was no trouble whatsoever. Oh no. It, oh, it was terrible. But <laughs> it was terrible. It, it was like uh like it. Well, everything was a factor. Like if the wind was too windy, oh my it sucked. god, yeah. If the if the roads were too bumpy and uneven, it sucked. If you were uh, if you were going down a hill, it sucked. But like 
the way I looked at the trailer, I was like, it's a means of freedom. Yeah. So, like, it's an unnecessary evil. Like, because I have the trailer, I don't have to make any plans. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so exactly. it was an unnecessary evil, you know? So, anyways, uh, I get the bike in the storage unit, break it all down. I worked with a super nice shop out of California called South Bay Customs. He took my cylinders and brought them to a machine shop for me. So now I had a dilemma. I had to uh, get back home to Boston for my parents' 60th wedding anniversary. But now I'm behind schedule. I thought I would have been in Phoenix already. So I'm like, how am I going to get to Phoenix from L.A. without a bike, right? So I started looking at all different options, and I was like, I'm like trying to save money and whatever. And I'm like, so I found this thing on Craigslist called Rideshare. I don't know if you ever heard of this. Uh, <laughs> oh, so wait a minute. Um, yeah, yeah. It's like, you, it's like you, you borrow a bike, basically. So you just, yeah. You just, yeah, like you just, like this was back. Uh, yeah, so I met, I found this guy. He, he was going to Phoenix anyways. He wanted like 50 bucks. Jumped in the car with him. And I had a family friend out there who was going to pick me up and let me stay with them before my flight. So I'm on my way there and I'm texting the, the family friend guy and all of a sudden it's getting late and he's like, he's like, uh, yeah, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it to pick you up. I'm too tired to drive to you. I was like, I don't have anywhere to stay. Like, what are you, what are you telling me? Right. He's like, yeah, man, I'm sorry. Just, you're going to have to figure it out. <laughs> I was like, what? The what? So I say to the guy who's, yeah, I say to the guy who's driving me there is I think his name was Rafiq or something. I go, yeah, man, can I just pay you extra money to drive me further and whatever? He wouldn't do it. He's like, but no worries, my friend. I know this woman who takes on fat, uh, fellow travelers like yourself. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, she takes in travelers and let them stay. I'm like, I don't know, man. I'll figure this out. Like, I don't, I don't want to explore that option. Like some random woman. Wow. And it's getting later in the night and, and hotels were crazy money. Uber was like way too much money. So I said to him, like, all right, I haven't died yet. And I'm like, let's uh, let's try this. So I'm like, call her up, drops me off with her outside her apartment and meet her for like five minutes and then walk in her apartment. Yeah, it's, it's as bad as you think it would be. Just lizards everywhere. What? Just, this woman had an, <laughs> this woman had an obsession with lizards. I swear there was like 20 lizards in the apartment. Small ones, big ones, color changing ones. What like, I mean, like how when you say small ones, crazy. how small? I don't know. Small, like you know, like six, seven inches. Big is four four feet long. Oh one my of them god! Was, it's huge. <laughs> and uh, I was like, and I was like, all right, I I don't think this is gonna work. And but then I, I sat there and I started talking and I'm like. I don't know. I mean, she seems nice enough. Like, she's just, I guess, a woman that likes lizards. I mean, I, I guess, right? I don't know. And she she let me hold some of the lizards. I took pictures with them. They were on the Instagram. <laughs> and uh, showed me to the room. And I go, man, if I don't die tonight, I'm never dying on this trip. <laughs> wow. So I, 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 went to, I went to bed and I woke up alive and uh, called my friend and came and picked me up and uh yeah, I'm, I, I'll be happy if I mean if I never have to go back there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh my God! Oh, yeah. So you know, here you are, two months on the road, uh, and you're already been uh, sleeping with lizards. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, the house is the house was super clean though. I'm gonna t like it was a, it wasn't like a grubby house or anything. Right. It was super just weird. But anyways, 
So fly back home to Boston, do the thing with my grandparents, fly back to Phoenix. And I'm like, I got to get back to LA to my bike. I was like, oh, I'll go on this ride share thing again. It worked out okay. Why did you fly out of LA? This ride share back to LA. What? Why did you fly out of LA? Why didn't I fly out of LA? Yeah. Uh, Well, because the thing was, I thought I was going to be in Phoenix by this time. I wasn't planning on my bike breaking down. Oh, you already made reservations and all that? I've already made the flight. Oh, okay. It was a lot of money because it was right around Thanksgiving. So it was a lot of money to change flights. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And, you know. Back to LA and, and this one, <laughs> get in this ride chair. Girl stops the car with a breathalyzer, and I was like, "Here we go." And the guy, there was another guy sitting in the front seat, also getting a ride chair back to LA. And, and the craziest thing about these two people was, the guy was going to see his mother in the hospital in LA who got hit by a drunk driver. It was like crazy watching them talk all the way there, and they they like all of a sudden became like super good friends, and I don't know. I feel like they hooked up or something after that. It was, it was super interesting, super weird, just weird situations in life. But yeah, so made it back to LA, get the bike all back together, and then um, headed down to San Diego, meet up with another friend, and stayed there for about a week. Did some partying with him. That was pretty fun experience in San Diego. Uh, I hear a lot of nice things there, about San Diego. Yeah. Yes. Beautiful. Honestly, it was, that was probably my favorite place in California, if I had to take my pick. Yeah, so from there, I went back to Arizona to my family friend's house, and it was becoming up to winter, and uh, I was like, yeah, I'll crash here for like a week or two, and then I'm going to head home. And the, my, it was, it was a, a friend of my mother's, and she was like, why do you want to go back home to the winter in Boston? Why don't you just stay here during the the winter and wait out the snow this year it was 2015 it was a crazy uh snowfall we were having back home i was like all right well that sounds pretty good i guess i'll crash here for the winter and uh-huh. it, they they had a horse ranch so i helped out on the horse ranch but i actually got two jobs while i was in arizona i got a job at a, a restaurant being a server and then i actually did mobile mechanic work out of my motorcycle i made an ad on craigslist and i actually would like go work on stuff at people's houses it was pretty fun wow it's wow look at it. it's a little yeah, resourceful so, that's great awesome i did see pictures yeah, on i did see pictures on your still. instagram riding horses were those horses you were riding on your instagram page with is that out there in arizona yeah that was at the horse ranch oh wow okay yeah, it was pretty cool yeah, I learned I learned to uh, ride horses. They had a daughter that was into like barrels and poles, so like I used to go to the practice nights and and mess around. Horses are really interesting in comparison to motorcycles. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like they're similar, but they're just giant and they have a mind of their own sometimes. Yes, so it's they do. you know I like so. Uh, anyways, so I ended up hanging out there for the duration of the winter. I it was pretty fun. I, I got a little girlfriend I had. They worked at the restaurant and uh, whatever. But anyways, I said my goodbyes, and I hit the road again in April on my way back home. I went up to um, uh, Flagstaff, from Flagstaff over to New Mexico, and then um, made my way to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And then something crazy happened in Oklahoma. No. Right in Oklahoma, <laughs> and all of a sudden... My, Oh, okay. So I'm riding through Oklahoma and my bike starts cutting out. And I'm like, what the heck? 
So I pull over on the side of the road. I get and I go to check out what's going on. And, and this random guy pulls up to me and he goes, you all set? I'm like, I don't know. I'm like trying to figure it out. He's like, gives me a business card. He goes, my name's too tall. If you need anything, just give me a call. I'll help you out. And I was like, all right. So I diagnosed my bike. My charging system went now. I'm like, great. So I call this guy up and I'm like, hey, I don't need any money or anything. I just need a place to park my bike and work on it. And he had a property right up the street. I rode my bike up the street to. And then this guy was so, so nice. He drove me around to all these parts stores, get all the parts for my bike. And the really odd thing about this guy was I was staying for the winter in this place called Apache Junction in Arizona. And the weird thing is he had a summer house, I mean, a winter house in Apache Junction. He spent the winters, but this was the only year he didn't go there. So if he was there, I wouldn't even have met him in Oklahoma. It was wow, super odd. See? That, you know, and he didn't you go. You never know. I know. It was very, very, very weird timing. So anyways, he's a great guy. Get the bike majority back together. I don't know. I thought I heard like another ticking noise coming from the motor. Because like riding through Oklahoma is like really hard. Lots of wind. Oh, and, really? Um, wow. I, I, I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't a religious guy or a spiritual guy really, but I was laying in my trail that night the day before I was going to leave. And I go, God, if there is a God, just do me a favor, get me home safe and I, my motor not blow up. So the next day I get up and I stop the bike, charging system's good. Still hearing this ticking noise from the motor. I look the motor over a million times before all of a sudden i seen a choke cable rattling on the top of the motor i took a zip tie tied it down and the motor sounded perfect right. and i was like <laughs> See, it's a little things right weird yeah it's the little things yeah i was like so anyways nothing too crazy happened uh rode all the way from oklahoma to dallas to austin to san antonio then back up to new orleans uh, louisiana and New Orleans is fun, but man, that's a it's another sketchy city I that I didn't feel comfortable in. And uh, you know what I did that night? I paid twenty bucks to sleep in a parking garage. I like <laughs> paid really? to like um, paid the gate. Yeah, so I parked. I paid the gate fee. It was like twenty bucks. Parked in the garage because it's gated. So I'm like, this is a more of a secure place because nothing felt safe in in New Orleans. It was like pretty sketchy, really, in my wow. opinion. You know, yeah. So, and then uh, the next day, I rolled out of there, went to Memphis. Nothing crazy happened in Memphis. Headed back to Nashville, hung out there for a couple days more, and then from Nashville, I went over. Do you ever hear the tale of the dragon? Yes, of course. Yeah, you Excellent. must know the tale of the dragon. You're from uh, North Carolina. I, right? I, I I've never ridden. I've never plane. I've never ridden it. So I, I don't know. Are you serious? I never, I've never ridden. Are you being serious? I'm yeah. being very serious. I have. I've only been oh in. I've only been in North Carolina two years, um, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I haven't had the chance, and you know, I've been riding for a long time, but I just, it's, it's not a high priority for me to get there to do it. I, I will eventually, but I don't, I don't know. know. It's, it's, it's exhilarating to ride that, especially with the trailer on the back. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I think it's like I, somebody, you know, somebody will correct me on this, but it. It's like 370 turns and 11 miles. It's yeah, it's, it's, it is. No, I've heard, I've heard about it. Yeah, it's crazy. So, so anyways, I went from there. Um, I stayed in Asheville for a night. Went from Asheville down to Charlotte. Checked out the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. That was really cool. Yeah. Uh, and then from, from there, 
and went to Richmond, Virginia. And then Richmond was my last night on the road. Woke up uh, the morning in Richmond, go to leave the hotel parking lot. Somebody almost clipped me right when I'm leaving. I'm like, all right, this is going to be an interesting day riding. I almost got hit by a car like another three times that day, wow. making my way back to Boston. That was a long day of riding. Yeah, so, from yeah, my God, from Virginia, back, man. Yeah, with the trailer, that was like a six hundred mile day. So, um, but I wanted to get home. I was anxious at this point to get home. So I get home, everything's good. I wake up the next morning, and all I wanted to do was grab ice cough like a country song but my mother borrowed my car blew the cutch out in it my truck had a, a couple flat tires oh, so i had no option but to take take my motorcycle and i was really like didn't have a good feeling about it to be honest so i get a nice coffee put it in my bag and i'm driving slowly to my grandparents only two miles away and all of a sudden boom i get hit by a car oh, on the bike God. literally the day after and I and it was crazy. I knew the person that hit me too. They took a left hand turn into the parking lot to my right and didn't see me at all. Oh man. And I was like, what? So I'm late laying on the I flipped over the handlebars. Thank God I was wearing a full face helmet. Smashed the windshield out. I'm laying on the ground and I touch my back and I'm like bleeding pretty good. And I there's some people that came over at this point. I'm like, just tell me straight. It's like my spinal cord hanging out. I'm freaking sharp. They're like, no, I think you just got some scrapes. So I'm laying there and I start telling them about all my travels. And these people are probably like, you know, this kid's out of it, right? He doesn't know. He's out, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, another neighbor comes over that was friends with my father, oddly enough, and goes to these people. You're not going to believe it. He just got back from traveling the whole country on his bike. And I was like, I told you. But, um, so the, the thing I wanted to come back to that, though, is I a couple months later, I seen a cousin of mine that is pretty religious, and I and I told her the story, whatever, and she goes, well, that's it. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, you said you try to make a deal with God in Oklahoma, just kept me home safe and nothing will happen. So she was like, he spited you because, like, you try to make a deal. You can't make a deal with God. So I, I always thought about that, like, God doesn't need your deal. You should just be a good person. And I could have asked that and it wouldn't have gone in the accident. Wow, I don't know. See? Coincidence, wow, whatever. That's, but, yeah, that's pretty interesting. But, you know, I'm not a super religious guy. I'm definitely spiritual. But, it, you know, ever since then, I was like, you know, people say they have those God-changing moments. Like, yeah. I could have easily died. That accident was pretty bad. But, anyways, I've kept journals on this whole trip. So the name of the book is going to be called The Traveling Larry, Two yeah. Miles Too Many. <laughs> awesome uh, yeah, i like so. it so i want to ask you now yeah comparing your trailer to sure. all the ones that are out there the small travel trailers the teardrops like that what is yours missing that you wish you had uh honestly i wish it was just lighter okay that's the that, biggest problem yeah wow you don't wish you had I a, still got the a sink or a stove <laughs> maybe some heat or no, anything you know <laughs> Because I, I just ate, it was just easier to eat out, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, I wasn't really, you know, um, I, I've seen, I forget the name of that trailer company. They got some cool ones, the ones that pop out into like a, like a tent. Have you seen those? Yeah, Compact Camp. I just called? had them, I just had them on the show yeah, not too long ago, Compact guy, Camp, yeah. Yeah, I listened, I listened to him on your show. He was really good. Yeah, Yeah, they got the engineering down. It's a but, tiny, uh, it's a tiny I mean, trailer, but it works. 
Yeah. If I could do it all again, though, I'd make that trailer smaller. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> and make it, it make it again, fold out, maybe? Is there? And make it fold out oh. into something bigger. <laughs> no. Well, well, the thing about the trailer for me was I wanted to make it inconspicuous. So, like, people weren't, like, you couldn't really tell that someone was sleeping in it. And that was, like, my goal so I could, like, stay in the cities yeah. instead of, like, on the outskirts. Right. So you did paint it black. But, uh, <laughs> That's yeah, a little inconspicuous. It flames on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what was it? There's something else I was going to say to you that, uh, but, oh, if I could do it again, that guy, Too Tall, I met in Oklahoma, Goldwing book called The Gold Book. As, you ever heard of this book? No, no. Okay, so it's got a list of like different tier people in it, like one to seven, like people that are like who like help you deliver you gas to people that will full like let you stay at their house who are also motorcycle enthusiasts. And like it's a whole network of people in this one book all over the country. Oh, wow, really cool. Oh, it sounds like Bunker Biker almost. Yeah, so the goal, yeah, something like that. I don't, I don't, um, but if anybody wants to do some traveling, I'd look into it. It's called the Gold Book. And it comes, it, it's like a, I think it's $100 a year for the subscription. Really? But it comes with free motorcycle towing, too. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's pretty neat. So, do you have any future plans for trips with the trailer? Or have you retired it? <laughs> uh, No, I still take it out every now and then. You know what I'm doing with the trailer, actually? I'm going to build, I have a, a garage with all my bikes in it. I'm going to build a bar around the trailer. Like, on top of the oh, trailer. Oh, really? Like, I'm going to make the... I'm going to make the trail the centerpiece of the bar and like, yeah, I think I'm going to do that. And, uh, but if I was to do another motorcycle trip, it'd be in a different country and it probably, my daily rider is a BMW. I'm spoiled now with like a GSA. Yeah. So it'd be more of like an, it'd be more off road. It'd probably be more off road adventure. A friend of mine who owns a motorcycle shop, he wants to drive to ride to Alaska eventually. So we're going to do that. He's got the well, new Pan America. Oh Yeah. So we're gonna do we're gonna do that eventually. Ride from here to Alaska. Oh, that's awesome, man! Do it, do it. So listen. Yeah. So how can yeah. people learn more about you and what you're up to and all that? Is, is it just your Instagram page or do you have a Facebook page? Oh, better yet, do you have a YouTube channel? I don't have a YouTube. I, I gotta <gasps> get on that. Uh, basically, just in, I know I gotta get on it. The Instagram <laughs> for now, the traveling Larry. Okay. Facebook Larry. Larry D. Benedictus third, But um, the only thing else I'd like to say here is, so I've been putting all my journals into Microsoft Word through yeah. talking, and I'm trying to get them all in text format. And if anybody out there is listening to this who is an editor, I want to put this into, make this into a book. I'm looking for a good editor to kind of like chop it up because like, you know, I might have wrote down in the, the journals, I ate a peanut butter and jelly. Who cares, right? <laughs> Nobody cares you ate a peanut butter and jelly. But there might have been some other significant, you know, there might have been some other significant writings in there that I didn't think is important, but might be more important. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I'd like, like I'd like to talk to a good editor if anybody's listening. There's 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 plenty of people out there that will definitely do it for you. No question about. Try uh, Upwork or Fiverr. <laughs> you know, you'll find somebody on Fiverr or Upwork. Of course, you'll have to pay them, but that's a different story. Oh, yeah, that's right. I've heard of that. Yeah. So that's any last one. words yeah. for anybody who may want to build their own trailer and hit the road? Uh, yeah, just build it as light as you can. Have a very heavy bike, like a like a touring heart. And, you know, everybody I met on the trip was super nice and uh, have 
have trust in your fellow man. You know, everybody, everybody I met was really nice. It really owes to humanity, to be honest. Good words, man. Good words. All right. Uh, listen, uh, Larry, I want to thank you very much for being on the show. Don't go anywhere. I want to talk to you when we're done. But it was excellent talking about hearing about your stories and your travels and stuff. Dude, awesome stuff, man. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Great. Day. It was a pleasure being on the show. Yeah, the Motorcycle Men podcast is supporting David's Dream and Believe Cancer Foundation. If you'd like to help and those that are dealing with the hardships of cancer and see your money go to something that actually makes a difference. Go to davidsdreamandbelieve.org to donate. And of course, the Gold Star Ride Foundation, helping families of fallen soldiers. If you'd like to be a part of a great cause and get some heartfelt miles in, get on over to goldstarride.org and learn how you can participate in the next Gold Star Ride. And Chasing the Cure, hey, we're helping long-haul Paul Palin complete his mission to ride a million miles for MS. Now, he was told years ago that a cure for MS was a million miles away, so he decided to ride that million miles for that cure. You can help him by getting over on to longhaulpaul.com and donate to his quest for that cure for MS. Thank you for joining me here and Larry in the V-Twin Cafe where he told us about his trailer and some of his adventures. Now, you can learn more about Larry by getting on over to his Instagram page, The Traveling Larry. Links will be in the show notes and, of course, on the Motorcycle Man website at www.motomenpc.com and also motorcyclemen.us. Hey, don't forget to get on over to the Ride With Ted YouTube channel. Watch some of the many videos I have over there. And if you would please, also subscribe to the channel. It helps the podcast and helps the channel, of course. As always, it would be a tremendous appreciation if you did so. For the rest of the Motorcycle Men team, thanks for listening. Remember, boys and girls, we say stupid crap so you don't have to. Ride safely, kids.